So for the next several weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about guardrails and uh, guardrails in our lives and guardrails that can keep us from going places that we really don't want to go. And uh, I'm going to give you a disclaimer right up front here. The title and framework of this series is not original, okay? And uh, this is a sermon series that was done by Andy Stanley at the North Point Church in Atlanta. There's small group curriculum. Maybe you've already taken the small group uh, series called Guardrail. So it's not, it's not original with us. We're taking the theme Guardrails and some of the main ideas of their series and uh, making it relevant for us. The sermon you're about to hear was written by me. And not by Andy Stanley, okay? So I just want to be clear about that. Uh, However, if you watch the series or take the small group uh, uh, series, you'll hear some familiar phrases and some Andyisms that I'll borrow from the series and all that. That's that's intentional. So I'm just being up front and telling you that right from the get-go. I'm not going to say that every week, okay? All right. Guardrails just don't get the love that they deserve. They're probably the most underappreciated piece of the transportation infrastructure. You know, you know, when you're driving, you don't, you don't say, oh, honey, look, that's a gorgeous guardrail. Like, look at, look at that one. Look how shiny, you know, they, they're just underappreciated. You don't, you don't stop and take pictures of guardrails. You don't appreciate the guardrails until you need the guardrails, right? And if a guardrail saved your life, then you know, you, you, then you would, you'd probably get your picture taken with the guardrail and say, this is, this is the thing right here that saved my life. You know, you'd be writing letters to the province saying, thank you. Thank you for putting that guardrail there and saving my life. If you hit a guardrail, you know, you don't get out of your car. If you hit one, you don't, usually people don't get out of the car and get disgusted at, you know, the guardrail, the stupid piece of metal that, that, you know, that, blocked your forward progress, you know, if it wasn't for the stupid guardrail, you know, I could have just kept right on going, you know, I just could have kept right sailing away. You don't, you usually don't get upset with the guardrails. You're not, you know, suing the province because they put that stupid piece of metal someplace where you could, where you could run into it. You're, you're not going on and on about how, you know, if it wasn't for that stupid guardrail, you know, I could have just kept right on going. And if we were honest this morning, Most of us could probably say that our greatest area of regret could have been avoided if we had had some guardrails in place. If we were honest this morning, most of us could probably say that our greatest area of regret could have been avoided if we had had some guardrails in place. Your greatest relational regret or a financial regret or a spiritual regret. Or a career regret. And on and on it goes. Your greatest area of regret could have been avoided if you had established some guardrails in your life. Here's the definition of a guardrail that's going to guide us for the series. We're going to put it up here. Guardrails. A personal standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience that serves as a guardrail to you. Let me read it again. A personal standard of behavior... That becomes a matter of conscience that serves as a guardrail to you. And not just for the beginning of of 2014. I hope that from this series on that you'll establish some guardrails that will stick with you for the rest of your lives. That there will be some boundaries or some roadblocks, some, some flashing lights that when you get up close to those guardrails in your life... 
that when you bump up against them, something will, will trigger in your, in your conscience, in your, in your system somewhere. Something will, will help you to react and, and to pull back away from that danger and to, to realign and to get back to where you know that you need to be. Set boundaries in your life that, that aren't somewhere way off in the danger itself. Set boundaries that are far enough away from the danger that when you get close to those boundaries, you'll change course. You'll avoid the wreckage and the regrets and the damage. Now, guardrails are always put in places where there's potential for danger. That's, that's obvious. That's the point of a guardrail. That's where we put guardrails or in places where there's potential for danger. They're there for your own good to, to protect you from something. And, and looking over the edge of a guardrail, right? We would all agree. We would all say, you know what? Yeah, there's probably stuff on the other side of that guardrail that, that could cause damage, that, that it's not good for me. It's, it's, it's someplace where I'm not meant to go. There's a reason why that guardrail is there. And you'd look over the edge and you'd say, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't want to go there. That's not where I want to be. I want to be here, I don't want to go over the guard. I don't want to be out there. There's stuff out there that where I'm simply not meant to go. We can point to ditches and cliffs and frozen rivers and a hundred other things that we would all agree this morning that you're better off to stay on the road and you're better off to avoid going through that stuff. Avoid going through the guardrail or over the guardrail, there's stuff on the other side of the guardrail that probably isn't the best plan. It's probably not God's plan for your life. There are things in life that we probably, everybody in this room would, would, would likely agree to and say, yeah, you know what? We're, we're probably all better off without that. You know, you're, 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 we probably all would be better if we didn't do whatever, right? And feeling, well, there's probably a bunch of stuff that we could all agree with this morning. The crazy thing about our, the culture that we live in is cultures is just screaming at us 24-7 to take down your guardrails. To, to live lives that, that just, just don't have any guardrails at all. You know, it's just, they're just silly. You don't need those things. Just take them all, take them all down. And any time that someone in the, in the public eye expresses that they actually have guardrails in their lives, culture, you know, villainizes them and says, oh, you're, you're, you're nuts. You're crazy. You know, why do you, why are you so narrow-minded? Why do you, why do you think that way? So the shows that we, we watch, the movies that we watch, the magazines, the social media that we interact with, the music we listen to, the culture that we live in, much of it is aimed at, at deconstructing Tearing down, removing the guardrails in our lives. Culture says that, oh, those, those silly guardrails, they're just, they just suck the joy out of your life. They're so, they're so uh, restricting. They're so limiting. They're institutional. They're, they're legalistic. Barriers of boredom, those guardrails. But culture is two-faced. One day, culture is telling you to take down all the guardrails. You know, no one should, should ever have any guardrails in their lives. But then if you do, you know, cross the, the lines, culture will point you out as an example of humanity gone terribly wrong. It's two-faced. Uh, just as an illustration, musicians sing about, about living without boundaries. 
You know, they'll, they'll write songs that have no guardrails whatsoever. And everyone buys their music and hums along to the tunes. And then when, they, when that musician does something crazy themselves, we put them on the evening news and just tisk tisk and shake our heads and say, what is wrong with that person? Culture says guardrails are stupid, but if you jump one, they'll turn on you and say, now there is a messed up life. There's someone with no self-control. Someone who spends recklessly or drinks excessively or lives loosely. There's an irresponsible person. Here's an example of a, of a guardrail that, you, that we hear in culture. Drink responsibly. That's an example of one of culture's guardrails. Drink responsibly. Have you ever seen a beer commercial and thought, now there's a responsible group of young people dragging their cakes to a half-frozen pond. By the time you think that maybe you should be responsible, you can't pronounce responsible. Here's another one. What is culture's guardrail on premarital sex? Wait until you're ready. That's helpful. Are you ready? I don't know. Are you ready? Well, I was born ready. You know, well, when do you think you might be ready? You know, like that's, it's not really helpful. And the last thing that I want in this series is to, is to, for someone to see Christianity as a bunch of rules and, and regulations that are just, you know, meant to suck all the joy out of your life. Guardrails are not about less fun. They're about less damage and less regret. And, and if anything, we want to pour more joy into your life and, and fill you back up. Jesus said that he came to bring us life and, and life more abundant. So we're going to look at scripture, but before we, before we get to our text, let me say this. I want to challenge us this morning, Moncton Westland. I want to challenge us as a congregation to be different. I want us to seriously be the most fired up and sold out and fully devoted Jesus followers anywhere. And when you bump up against something, and you will, you, you will hit guardrails. You'll, you'll bump up against stuff. You know that you will. That when you bump up against something that no one else at work thinks is wrong, or everyone at school seems to be doing, and it doesn't seem to bother anyone else, that you will have a previously determined standard that for you has become a matter of conscience. Following Jesus will always be upstream, narrow road. We know that. We know that. Anyone can go with the flow. That's easy. Anyone can follow average people making bad decisions and post the pictures on Facebook. That's easy. You make your decisions and then your decisions make you. And I hope that this series, Moncton Weston, will help us make better decisions. So our text today is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. And here in Ephesians 5, Paul's speaking to Jesus' followers who are living in a culture that is at least as messed up as, as the culture that we live in. It's, and your homework this afternoon, because I know you love homework, 
Uh, we're picking it up in verse 15. Homework's afternoon. Go back and read verses 1 through 14 of Ephesians chapter 5. And Paul is, is pleading with the, 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 the believers, the Christ followers, the church. He's pleading with them to, to be set apart, to be different, to not be so, so caught in, in the flow of their culture that, that they have no guardrails. And, and he's calling them to, to think about what they're doing and how what they're doing affects their lives, affects their relationship with God. So let's pick it up in verse 15. Paul says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine. That will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15, Paul says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Paul's saying, put some guardrails in your lives. Establish some, some boundaries in your lives that will keep you from going off the road, that'll keep you from going in the ditch or going over the edge or going, being into places where you know you were never meant to be. Paul's saying, be careful. We need to be careful. Followers of Christ, we need to be, we need to be careful. Paul is saying that, that some of this is your own responsibility. Some of this is, is you making your own decisions. You will be faced with decisions and situations and temptations where you will need to choose which way you're going to go. You're going to have to make decisions. Am I, am I going to uh, bump up against that guardrail and back off? Or am I just going to blow right through that sucker and, and, just, and just go for it? You're going to be faced with decisions. And this needs to be more than just the, the voice of a concerned parent uh, repeating over and over in your head, which I've learned now, I'm, I'm 44 and a half years old, that the voice of a concerned parent never, in your head never goes away. <laughs> it's always there. And, and I can still hear my mother saying to the 13-year-old me going out the door, she would say, now remember, sin will take you further than you want to go and cost you more than you want to pay. Have fun. <laughs> Say it again. Now remember, she'd say, sin will take you further than you want to go and cost you more than you want to pay. But have fun. God has given you his Holy Spirit, okay? If you're a Christ follower, then you have that. You have his presence. But you also have a choice. You know this to be true. You also have a choice to make. And we've learned, haven't we? We've learned that we cannot trust ourselves. We know that. And when we see something that we want, we hit the mute button and we block the voice of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. And just say, just, just, just a second. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be right back. And we, we, we pause. We mute. We put God on hold. We, la, 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 la. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. You know, stacking bricks the whole bit. La, 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 la. When you want something that you really, really want. 
And Paul is, is putting up yield signs and cautions and, and flashing red lights. And he's saying to us, think about what's on the other side of that guardrail. Is that some place you want to be? Is that something that you really want to do? Is that God's best for your life? Is that God's will for your life? And Paul's saying, listen, 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 be careful. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. When I was a teenager, I thought that I would outgrow peer pressure. That's a laugh. You never outgrow peer pressure. Uh, Peer pressure never goes away. Temptation never goes away. Wanting to please other people never goes away. Wanting to be popular never goes away. Paul is challenging us to, to step out of the crowd and to live in a way that pleases God. To not live like the fool. Uh, what is a fool? I got looking at some of the fools in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is, is full of, of, of fools. And uh, I'm just going to give you a few. From, they're from the book of Proverbs. You can look them up. Uh, Proverbs says that the fools despise wisdom and instruction. You can't tell a fool anything. They despise wisdom and instruction. They scoff and hate Knowledge. They are complacent. They lack common sense. Their mouths will ruin them. They utter slander. They won't listen to advice. Uh, here's one for, for Facebook, Proverbs twelve fifteen. The heart of fools proclaims their folly. Proverbs thirteen sixteen. A fool flaunts his folly. That's just a just a few of the fools. Of Proverbs. Verse 16 of uh, Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. The King James Version of the Bible, I'm reading the New Living Translation, the King James Version puts it this way redeeming the time for the days are evil. Redeeming the time for the days of evil. Paul is saying to us, Make the most of every day. Make the best decisions you can make every single day. You know that there's going to be junk and there's going to be people and there's going to be situations that are going to come at you every day that are going to try to take you down. They're going to, it's going to try to get you to, to blow through the guardrails, to jump over the guardrails. You know that this is going to happen. And you have to be vigilant. And you have to say, God, this is your day. And I am your child. Help me to follow your footsteps today. Guide my decisions. Guide my conversations. Help others to see Jesus in me. Guard my attitudes. Hold my affections. Fill me with your presence. Help me not to waste this day, but to make the most of every opportunity. And every time, every day, every time that you you approach a guardrail, you steer away. You, You turn away from that because you have the Holy Spirit collision avoidance system downloaded deep into your soul. And you don't want to disappoint God. And you don't want to hurt your family. And you want to be true to yourself And be a person of upright character. And if you do this on a daily basis, you will redeem the time. Verse 17. Verse 17. Don't act thoughtlessly, 
But understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't act thoughtlessly. You don't take a guardrail and, and, and put it physically, literally put it in the ditch. Guardrails are not in the ditch. Guardrails are not over the edge. They're not somewhere halfway down the embankment. The guardrail is not in the river. That's not where you put a guardrail. It's not much help if it's over the bank. You put a guardrail far enough away from the disaster so that it gives you an opportunity to, to think, to, to react, to adjust, to, to realign, to say, oh my word, I, I, I don't want to go there. I know what happens if I get too close to the edge. I know myself. I've been here before. I do not want to just ignore this guardrail. So you put the guardrail far enough away from disaster so that the guardrail can actually be, be helpful in your life. That's the truth of this verse. Paul's saying, think. He says, don't act thoughtlessly. He's saying, think. Don't be a fool. Make wise, thoughtful decisions about your life, about where you want your life to go, about the person who you want to be, about how your decisions now will affect you later in life. Paul says, understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. Ask yourself, you know, going through that guardrail or ignoring that guardrail, is that really God's will for my life? Is this God's best for my life? Will this draw me any closer to God or will this, will this create a barrier between God and I? Will this push me away? Run your decisions, all your decisions through that kind of a filter and understand that God wants what's best for your life. I think oftentimes we, we, when we come up against a guardrail, a decision that we have to make, if we would just remember that God wants what's best for our lives, that the, the reason why the guardrail is there is because there's something on the other side of that guardrail that's going to ruin our lives. And God doesn't want you, me, us, to ruin our lives. If there's something that he wants you to avoid, it's because he loves you. He values you. And he paid the ultimate price to set you free from the, the traps and the garbage and the, and the disaster on the other side of those guardrails. Paul doesn't tell us to, to cozy up as close to the line as we possibly can. And we're really good at that. We're good at getting technical with God or, or doing you know, theological gymnastics in our head until we've convinced ourselves that, that going over that guardrail uh, might be wrong for everyone else, but it's okay for me. We do that all the time. And Paul is pretty blunt in this text where he's basically saying, wake up. Don't, don't live thoughtlessly. Don't act thoughtlessly. You've, you've got to think about this. And then he goes back to one specific example here in this chapter. He gives a lot of examples earlier in the first, in your homework verses, 1 through 14. And he goes back to one specific example, drunk with wine. And it must have been an issue for the church in Ephesus. And uh, I don't, Paul just picks this one and comes back to it and says, and, and just reminds him, don't, don't get drunk uh, with wine. You know, I've uh, been in ministry now 22 years, I think, something like that. 
And I've never had someone come into my office and say, you know, Pastor Tim, our marriage was, was, was almost over. And then we started to drink together. I couldn't get through to my teenager. He was making so many bad decisions. We just weren't communicating. And then we started to drink together. I don't, I don't know why Paul used that example. But, it, but, but the point that, that he's making is let's, let's be honest with God. Let's, let's get real about, about these decisions. Let's admit that there is some bad stuff on the other side of the guardrails. And let's, let's put up the guardrails to protect us and keep us from, from ruining our lives. Paul says, instead of being filled with that or filled with whatever and all the, all the, all the, 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 the stuff that's on the other side of those guardrails, instead of being filled with those things, God wants you to be filled with his Holy Spirit. God wants you to be controlled by his Holy Spirit. Paul wants us to clearly establish, uh, to, to clearly establish standards of behavior that whenever we bump up against those standards of behavior, that something will ignite, something will fire inside of us to remind us that we don't want to do that. We don't want to go there. We're going to make better decisions. And I don't have to tell you what those things are. You, you've been thinking about those things here for the last 20 minutes or so. You've been thinking about the areas in your life where uh, you either need to start setting up some guardrails or you know that you've torn them down or you've been ignoring them and you know the areas where you need to go back and set up some personal standards of behavior that will become a matter of conscience that will serve as a guardrail to you. So when you bump up against that, you'll be like, oh, I, I don't want to go there. I know that, that, that that's wrong. I know it's wrong for me. It's wrong for the people who love me. It's wrong against God. And, and I just, I don't, I'm not going to go there. The question this morning is, will you be brave enough to set up those guardrails, and then will you be strong enough to hit the brakes when you know it's time to hit the brakes? You might need accountability. You might need to uh, share this with someone and say, here, here are the guardrails that I'm setting up in my life. And, uh, and, and have someone where you can uh, share this and, and be open about this, and they can hold you accountable for those things. In response this morning to God's word, I'm going to give us a couple challenges here. And the, and the first one is to, to quicken my response time to the Holy Spirit's guidance in my life. So the first time that I hear the Holy Spirit say, whoa, I don't keep going. That I don't go through the first sign and the second sign and the third sign and get, and get right up to the very, very edge. That I, I quicken my response time to the Holy Spirit's voice in my life. When I hear the Holy, Holy Spirit's uh, speaking to me and tell me not to go there, I say, yep, you're right. 
some stuff in your life where maybe you've been blowing through the guardrails and pray that God will show you where, uh, where you need to adjust and back away from, from the danger and regrets in our lives. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you this morning. Thank you, God, for uh, this group of people who are here. First Sunday of 2014. And I thank you, God, that we have an opportunity right now to respond to you, to respond to your word. And on the beginning of a new year, we've, we've got an opportunity here to realign, to back away from the guardrails, to to listen more closely to your Holy Spirit's voice in our lives, to avoid regrets in 2014 and, and really for the rest of our lives, to establish barriers and and, and, and things in our lives, God, that will keep us from disaster, that will keep us from making decisions that, that, uh, that can ruin our lives. And Lord, I know that, that in a congregation the size that you're, you're speaking to, uh, to us about a lot of different things this morning, and there are probably some things that are coming to light where we, we recognize, yeah, I, I, I need to put some guardrails there, and I, I need to back away from that stuff. And so, Lord, as we respond to you and your word this morning, I just pray that you would help us as a congregation to come clean before you, to not hold anything back, and to give you our lives in full surrender. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.